Hello, welcome to Greenhouse Live. Uh, coming after the trial up in Port Macquarie against the Bulldogs. Um, for those that are observant, they're probably looking at this brick wall here and thinking, is that a brick wall of Port Macquarie? No, it's not. It's uh, Franklin in ACT. Um, we just watched the stream uh, live um, here, which was a bit of a grainy uh, picture at times, but well, I think we've captured most of it. Steve's actually up in Port Macquarie, so if he's watching this, big hello to Steve. But Matt... Um, we got there in the end. I think, don't think trial, the scores in trials really make much difference, but uh, we ended up getting there 12-10. Yeah, it felt very similar to this time last year. We played, obviously, the Bulldogs in our only trial last year, and it was pretty ugly when it was the um, Raiders' top Bulldogs 13, and uh, to be honest, today wasn't that much different. Um, and we didn't get over the line until right at the end, and then um, just like last year, it was Sammy Williams that, that pulled the strings to get us over the line. Yeah, so we, we ended up playing, and I think both sides sides played a, a pretty strong side. They, they, all the teams are pretty much playing whoever's available this week. So um, we had, uh, I think, 13 out of our um, grand final team play. Um, three of them obviously aren't there anymore, so they clearly weren't going to play. Um, and then John Bateman's injured, and, and he's going to miss probably the first seven or eight weeks of the season, which is... Well, which is little... him, it'll be four, but... Yeah, yes. exactly, exactly. So, um, but he's certainly injured at the moment. So, um, everyone else played. Everyone else... What, what, for those that didn't see the game, basically what happened was we, we played our, our starting 13. So, we'll just quickly go through it. It was Nickel Clockstead, Simonson, Croker, Curtis Scott, uh, Kotrick, uh, Whiten and George Williams in the halves... And then uh, Soliola and Papali in the uh, front row, Hodgson at hooker, uh, Horsburgh playing back row along with uh, Whitehead, Tarpany at lock. So that was our starting 13. And, and what basically happened, we sort of rotated the props as we normally would. Yep. And the others, the others in, in the main pretty much played to about 55 minutes. And then, yeah. and then pretty much at, at, that, at, at 55 minutes, the whole team that had played the full game um, came off. So we, we brought some props back on. So Papali and Soliola Tarpany came back. Yep. Horsburgh came back right at the end. Um, so did Soliola. And Soli, yeah, I think I mentioned that, yeah. So um, that um, the, the props kept rotating. The dogs pretty much did the same thing, I thought, too. Yeah. Um, so uh, at, at the point of 55 minutes, it was Steve just trying to ring now, but um, trying to call me back. You can watch the Greenhouse Forum. Um <laughs> I was trying to get his his opinion. We might. I don't know if it's going to work to actually get him sort of speaking into the microphone. That probably won't work. But um, the the yeah, fifty five minutes at the end of fifty five minutes, it was ten uh, six to the dogs. Yeah. Um, and 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 the truth is, if if that was an NRL game, they had probably three or four shots right under the post. They got penalties on. Could have taken uh, the shot. So, look. We won. I'm not particularly worried about whether we won or lost or not. The the big thing that people will talk about is was there any injuries, um, and that seemed to be okay until right towards the end. And um, Saliva Havili got hurt. Um, three minutes to go. Yeah, there's some talk that um, that it was a bit of a hamstring injury. I'm not too sure. It looked to be just a bit of a cork, but I noticed that already a couple of people have been talking on the greenhouse that might be hamstring mm. um he was the only one i think and, and i think um it might have been sutton that got on put on report right at the end um yeah, as well how. Yeah, yeah they didn't seem to be much yeah. in it but he but he um jared sutton the referee actually uh pointed to the pointed to the grandstand which which seemed a bit strange so um but apart from that 
we've pretty much got a clean bill of health. And, and um, I think there was definitely a game, Matt, where we needed to blow out the cobwebs. And, you know, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't a fantastic game, but there were parts which I thought were quite good. And I thought particularly our forwards were good. Yeah, look, um, you could definitely tell it was rusty for both yeah. teams. Um, you could definitely tell that Jack Whiten has played a, um, a game more than the rest yeah. of them. Um, yeah. He looked really good. Um, I thought our left edge looked very slick, yeah. um, and especially off the scrum. I think they've obviously got some left-hand moves off the scrum, midfield scrum with the new rule, which looks like it's going to work. Uh, the right looked very clunky. It looked very clunky with Horsburgh... Um, in the back row, um, and George Williams is obviously still trying to find his feet. Um, he did a couple of good things and a couple of bad things, so obviously he's got some things to, to figure out in first grade. Um, but yeah, the middles the middles were all pretty good, um, especially uh, impressed with uh, Gula, who came on um, for... He came on as one of the first changes, so he and Louie came on for uh, Papali and um, Soiola at that sort of 20-minute mark-ish. Um, and he played some good minutes and looked really good. I think he was probably nearly our best forward tonight. Yep. Um, probably helped that he played a few more minutes than a guy like Papali, who's great every week. But I thought he was nearly our best. Louie was solid, um, and I thought Sutton was very good. Um, I know that we talked that he probably really only got up against the the dog's seconds for, for most of the time he was out there. But he was very strong. He nearly crashed over just after half-time. Um, he, he seemed to be motivated. He seemed to be punching through holes um, and pushing the line. So I thought he and Gula were probably probably my pick of the middles. And um, if those two are going to come off the bench and play like they did today, then we're probably in pretty good stead. Yeah, look, I think so. I think, I think um, you know, clearly, clearly Papali's probably not going to get too excited about a trial. I think he's he's got nothing to prove. Soliola, a bit the same. He's always going to, you know, he's, he's that sort of a professional player who's going to be right for round one. But but guys like Gouler and Sutton that are probably playing for a spot, and I thought Dunhamus Louis too, um, that are probably playing for a spot either in the starting lineup or or even just in the 17, um, really, I think, stood up and, and actually gave us a bit of punch. I totally agree that Whiten looked a class above. Um, I think, one, I think he's, Probably is a class above, but also, also um, having played that game last week, maybe um, puts him in a little bit better stead. I thought Jared Croker was quite good too. But I do want to talk about that scrum, yep. Um, yep. the new scrum rule. So for those that don't know, the the, the rule now, and, and I'm not 100% sure exactly how it works on knock-ons, but, but certainly when the ball goes out, you've got three options or three places you can take the scrum. You can either take it at the... Uh, 10-metre line or the 20-metre line, or you can take it right in the middle of the field. Yep. Um, and that is going to, I think, um, really change the game about how that, how that plays. So I think a lot of teams will be taking the ball in the middle of the field because what happens then is you've got six guys in the scrum, you've got your halfback at the scrum, uh, at the scrum feeding the scrum, and, and, and obviously the same for the opposition. So suddenly you've got... Um, You've got you can really you've got four on four on one side, three on the other. You've got five eights sort of hanging there. You've got so you're looking at a, a four on three, and and I think that that um, play will work very strongly for us. Where Jack White and I think George Williams too. I, I think George Williams might take a few weeks, but um, are very very strong runners. So they take the ball out of that scrum. They run to in Whiten's case to the left side and feed in. You've got Croker and Simonson who are very very quick. Um, I think having them isolated 
uh, against the defence is going to be a very dangerous move. And you're going to see a lot of tries from that. I think you're also going to see a lot of penalties. Yes, we touched on that. We, uh, so, obviously, when it's... I mean, this is this midfield scrum really brings in this sort of nines, yeah. nines feel to it. Yeah. The, the three guys who are going to be running at the defensive line are going to have truckloads of space. Yeah. So... Um, Obviously, that means you've got lots of room to move, which means ball runners become much more dangerous because yeah. there's so much space to do things. But defensively, especially I think if you're in the midfield or at, at your attacking end yeah. as opposed to your defending end, I think teams are going to try and kill it. Yeah. And they're going to try and kill it because they know it's a try-scoring yeah. opportunity. They know it's the first tackle. And given the distance from the try line, I don't know that you're going to see too many guys sin-binned. And that was something we did talk about, whether the refs are ever going to catch on to that. And it might be a case of if it happens a lot in the first six weeks, it's the type of thing that the NRL will react to. But at least initially, um, I can see it being a, a way of killing what should be an attacking play. Well, it's interesting. You don't give away a lot by giving away a penalty because it's mm. first tackle anyway. So if you've got a reset, so I guess, you know, obviously if it's 12 all with a minute to go, you wouldn't want to do it because they'll just take the shot at goal and, and win the game. But... Um, if, if it's in the general field play where teams aren't probably going to take two either early or they're behind or something like that, killing it off there is not going to hurt you too much no. because you stop the game again, you get, you, you've probably almost got a 13-man line because depending on where it is because you've probably got the full-back in the line as well. And so you look at that compared to a seven-man line. That's right. You're going to do all that all the time. So it's going to be very interesting to see whether the refs are hot on... Um, sin bidding players um, for that. It, it's you're right. It's probably, it, depending on what position it is. It's, it's often a fair way out from the try line and maybe not considered a try scoring opportunity. But if you've got a two on two, even if you're thirty metres out, that is a try scoring opportunity. Well, so it'll be interesting to see how to be they debated. I'm sure, and I'm, and I'm sure that's exactly what I'm saying. I think six weeks in, if if this is a player yeah. that keeps getting killed, the NRL will crack down on it. But you won't see it. Um, in your defending 30, I don't think, for that yeah. exact reason that people won't want to give away two points. Yeah, and I think even from the back half, you'll want to take the scrum from the middle too because um, teams very much want to square up their defence. Mm. So I think most scrums will be taken from the middle. And to me, when that rule came out, like when that rule came out, the main talk in the in the newspapers and, and media was about the 20-40 the rule, which and, I think is a, the, the a good rule. Kick. The uncontested kicks. Well, the uncontested kicks, so you, you can you can now be penalised. So just to go backtrack on that, so you can now, um, like they had in the nines, you can get a another um, player of the ball from, if you kick the ball from behind your 20-metre line and it goes out over the 40, so it becomes a 20-40, not a 40-20, yep. you can get the ball back. Yep. Now, I don't think that'll happen that often, but I think that's a good rule change yeah. as well. Because Lewis had a crack at it in this, yeah. in this game, but we covered it up. And Hodjo had a, had a crack at the standard 40-20, which, which that Avaro kid on the wing yeah. cleaned up just. But I think, I think that'll be interesting because it'll mean that a team that is in trouble trying to get out of their, their defensive line can have a real crack at that. Of course, if you stuff it up, if you kick it out on the full then you're going to be giving okay, the ball back right in, right in front of their, their post. So yeah. that's, that's a dangerous play. I think that's a good rule, but I don't think that'll happen that often. The other thing that got talked about was the uh, contested um, kick. So, so previously, you, if you, you couldn't tackle the defensive player in the air, but you could tackle the, the offensive player in the air. Now you can't tackle either. Again, I think that's probably fair enough. I, I don't know if that'll change a lot because you're not allowed to take players out anyway. Um, although they did actually give another penalty off the ball today, which was yep. interesting against us, where, where uh, the ball went high, we sort of went back, and we basically, not blocked, but sort of 
stop the path of the defender and, and they gave a penalty well, against Whitehead, which... Whitehead stopped so that he wouldn't run into Klockstad and yeah. then the Bulldogs guy ran up the back of him and then he and White and I think both ended up all falling over in a three-man pile. So... Yeah, no, no. That, so that that was interesting. That'll be interesting to see how they how they play that in the in the season. But that got a bit of talk. The the obviously the other one, and this is close to our hearts. Obviously, the the change of the rules against about the ball hitting the trainer or the referee or something like that, and and they're going to go back to that play. So if that had been the grand final, uh, Roosters would have actually got the ball back, but it would have been on tackle six and um, at the fifty. And at the fifty, yeah. Um, so that got all the talk. And not many people talked about the scrum. And mm-hmm. I thought, as soon as I saw that, I thought, that is a massive, massive change. And I think, I reckon two rounds in, three rounds in, everyone will be talking about that scrum change. I think it's going to really, really change the way, uh, the tactics from the scrum. I think well, that's going to be very different. The interesting thing is last year, the rule change that nobody seemed to talk about was the strip rule, and we were all over it. Now, yeah. watching that game today, Ricky Stewart has looked at that scrum rule, and they've devised some plays. Yeah. They were definitely trying them some, some things, especially to the left, which is obviously our, our more fluent and silkier side. Um, and we looked dangerous. I mean, the first one, Jack just about snuck through yeah. if it wasn't for an ankle grab. Um, so, look, that looks promising for, for us. Well, it looks fans. promising for us, but also we've seen, though, in the past that when our centres get isolated, mm. that doesn't help us either. So I think we'll have, we'll have some trouble defending that at times as well. It, it'll, be, it'll be very interesting to see how that, how that works. I mean, they played it today. It's not like there's going to be, you know, 40 points to 30 every game. This was 12-10. So, um, you know, I don't think it's going to necessarily cause a heap, but, but I think it will change the way some of that is played. Most definitely. Um, but aside from that, there probably wasn't a huge amount to come out of the game. I think it really was a, a, a you know, obviously a trial. It was, it was to get the cobwebs out. It's our only trial. They played last week up in Port Moresby. Um, I believe it was very warm up there, very muggy. I certainly um, spent I'm, a bit of... T- I'm not convinced either the Sharks or the Dogs took a particularly strong side. No, that, though. no. They I think they broken. played a few, but yeah. yeah so, so maybe a few of them played. Most of them hadn't played. Um, it was pretty hot. It was 4.30 in the afternoon game, um, 28 degrees. 28 degrees up there is a lot hotter than 28 degrees here, yeah. having spent a fair bit of time up there. 28 and 70% humidity, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very humid, and, and actually when the sun goes down, it gets even more humid, but um, it's, it, is, it is hot, so that's good. It's, it's, you know, first round we're going to be playing at 6 o'clock. Um, it could be still pretty warm, so um, that's, that's not a bad thing to, to work out in the, in the heat. And, 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 you know, that might have been part of where the drop ball is because when it gets very sweaty, there's a lot of drop ball and, and certainly the dogs dropped a lot as well. Yeah, well, that last 10 minutes before half-time, everyone looked out on their feet yeah. and it, was, it became an error fest. But I've got a couple of questions and they both relate yeah. to the tries that they scored. Yeah. First, the first try, um, Avalaro, I think it is, their, their young winger, yeah. went over untouched and we both looked at it and went, oh, that's some bad misses in field. Horsburgh and Scott making errors in field. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, particularly Kurt Scott made a big blue there. He he came out and got and got uh, caught right in no man's land. I thought. Um, good ball by Hopper though. Yeah, it was definitely, and, and he's a good player, Hopper. Right, he's played well against us plenty of times before. But but I think Horsburgh probably didn't slide as well as he should have. But but uh, Scott got really caught out and it forced um, Kotrick in, and and we got a bit lost there. So um, Curtis Scott, I thought, did a couple of nice things. Perhaps look didn't look great. 
there's no, there's no, there's no question that that he's going to take a little while to come into the team. But also, he's got that sword hanging over his head at the moment, so no one quite knows exactly whether he'll be able to play round one. I, I suspect he probably will, but but whether something will happen after that, you know, that court case. So, so you know, I think that's got to be having a bit of effect on him on him as well. Yep. Um, the next question was, and we talked about it briefly inside, but is Simonson going to have similar defensive issues to Edric Lee? Uh well, look, I think he might be a bit different player to Edric Lee, but but I think at times his positioning still has a little bit to learn. Now, let's let's remember he's twenty one or twenty two. He's playing his second season of, of NRL, having not played he certainly played in the in the younger juniors at sort of sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, but but then didn't play for a couple of years rugby league. Um I'm I'm a, I have to say I'm I'm actually a little bit nervous about him being a, a uh, starting 13 player. I think that um, his position last year where he was at sort of next back coming off the bench um, was probably where he, he sat. And, and certainly I was sort of saying on Greenhouse before Leilua went that I would have personally had um, nodded out of Leilua and Scott. I would have probably had both of them playing. Curtis Scott probably playing on the wing and probably Simonson still on the bench. Clearly... Um, they they see a future for him, and I see a big future for him too. But I think he's still a little bit to learn. He's still he's still quite young. He's still still inexperienced. Now that's fair enough. He'll he'll learn that. Um, and again, we've talked about that about you know setting up your cap with with not necessarily spending your big money on your wingers. So um, happy to happy to live with that whilst we've got such a such a good middle. Um, but I think it will take a little bit of time. He's obviously playing with. Um, Croker, which was interesting, you know, Kotrick and Croker have been split up there, so um, yeah, we'll we'll take a little bit of time um, there. Uh, you'd think that Oldfield's probably the next um, cab off the rank. Um, there will be interesting to see just how they go with their bench come round one because um, we saw obviously all through the year we played Havili off the bench, and then when we got to the got to the finals, we went with the the back on the bench and, and I think in many ways that was that was pretty important because um, obviously Leilua with that firework in that first game, yeah. um, Leilua got hurt a bit in the, in the prelim final, we needed someone to come on and Nickel Clockstill was just dead on his feet in that last um, 10 minutes in the grand final. So we needed that back to come on. Now whether they'll do that in in, um, in the normal um, games or when we start, it'll be interesting to see. I think, you know, Obviously, guys like Gula and Sutton really um, pressed their case to, to get a spot. Um, probably need a little bit of rotation with Horsburgh as well because he won't play 80 minutes in the back row. So um, we may need a little bit well, more cover. He might. He, played, the a, backs. he played all 80 in the, on the fan day on his side. Not that the fan day wasn't fan four day quarters was as half well. Pace. It was. Um, yeah. And he probably played 60 to 70 today. Yeah, I, I, still, don't, I still don't know if he's, he's probably... Um, the uh, smartest one to be sorry, not smartest. It's I don't know if he's would be the smartest move to play him eighty minutes. He's a bit like Papali, where we saw the best out of Papali last year when he wasn't playing eighty minutes. Correct. And I think Horsburgh's a bit the same. I think if you try and get him to be able to conserve the energy to to um, play the eighty, I think he'll actually um, slip away a bit. Um, his impact, even at back row, I know it's a bit different to, to front row. His impact of the big hits and, and, and putting the big shots on, we need that. So, 
you don't want him to be having in the back of his mind. He's got to get through 80. I'd much rather he was getting through 65 and able to have that energy for those big hits. Yeah, that's probably a fair call. Um, just back on Simonson, though. I mean, while I think his defence is a little bit suspect, obviously his carries out of his end looks very Rapana-esque in that he's very willing, very able, very happy to charge back just like old Rapana was. So, oh, well, that's, well, that's going to be... reading, I don't think we're losing anything. Well, that, that's going to be massively important still. And, and Kurt Scott's going to have to do that as well. Kroger doesn't do that that often, but the other uh, four outside backs, so the other three outside backs, do that all the time. So, so not only have we lost Rapana with the carries, but we've also lost Leilua, who made a lot of carries and a lot of almost front row type carries. Yeah, so, yeah. so Curtis Scott's going to have to cover that. Um, Kotrick is Kotrick always makes a lot of uh, early meters, and and Simonson. So, um, yeah, the way we play, where we don't push the forwards to get back for those first or we second tackles our, that much. We rely, we rely heavily mm. on those those backs to uh, to take the first couple of hit-ups. Yep, and, and that was one of Leilua's strengths, I thought. So um, we definitely lose a bit there. Um, just a few comments coming in, although most of them I think just more saying hello, which is great to hear. But uh, Marie is saying, hi, boys, good to see you back. Go Raiders, great. Sharon's saying, hi, guys, good to see you. Kieran Ripper's saying, hi, guys. Catherine Pitt saying the same thing. Uh, Steve Spencer saying, I didn't get to see the game today, but wanted to say this show convinced me to be a paid Raiders member. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, well standards so, must be so, low. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll go and ask for a cut from the club for that. <laughs> um, Joel Fogwell saying, uh, Jack looked fit as. Yep. Uh, hopefully nothing serious. I think that's talking about Havili and... Uh, I think you might be talking about Hibbley in the second bit there is having a strong game. So um, not uh, too many other questions coming out. So I think we might uh, leave the trial there, but there's a couple of other things I wanted to talk about. So um, obviously now we've got the week off and then we go into the big first game against the Titans, as we mentioned before in the uh, previous show we did the other week, uh, Friday the 13th, marking yep. your diary. 6pm start, which is not the most convenient, but uh, at least it's at home and at least it's our only uh, 6 o'clock Friday start. So yep. uh, use all your brownie points getting off work early, I reckon. I think that's probably a very smart plan. Yeah, no, and it should, be, should hopefully be good weather. So um, I'm not too sure who the... I think the top... Tom the Titans, but yeah. I think the Titans might be playing the Broncos um, this week in a trial that might be either tonight or tomorrow. Um, let's see how they go. They, they looked actually a little bit more structured, I thought, in the in the nines. They actually, I thought Holbrook actually had them. They were actually one of the more structured teams in that nines. Um, mm. They probably went. They and they looked like for a while like they were going to probably be the best team in it. But um, I think they'll be a bit better than what they were last year. I, I, I think if we play our best, we'll we'll beat them. But um, we'll do that. Uh, also, want to talk about the the junior grades. So they've been going on over the last few weeks. They're actually up to round four today. Uh, the uh, SG ball. So the under 18s had been undefeated before today, but they got beat up in Sydney. So they'd played three games at home. Uh, got beat today by the Roosters. Um, they they got steamrolled at the start of the second half. Uh, the 16s won today, so they've. One, 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 two. Now lost one and had a buy. And the girls uh, had won the first couple and got beat last week. But I didn't see whether they won today. They were playing late today, so um, that's um, all, all good signs there. There's there's some players in that under eighteen team that uh, it's the flag boys, isn't it? No, no, no. 20s is flag. Um, the under 18s the SG ball side. Two is probably three guys in particular in the forwards. Trey Mooney. 
uh, Kayla Becerra and uh, uh, I think it's Jaden Clarkson. Um, Clarkson's a prop. The other, the other, uh, Becerra plays back row. Mooney plays uh, lock. They, I reckon, will come straight into under twenties as soon as their season's finished. And I'm going to make a big prediction that one of those three will play first grade next year. So that's, that's, big, well, that's they're, they're, they're you're only under eighteens now, but I'll make a prediction that one of those guys will actually like play uh, first grade in 2021. But 2021 is a long time uh, away. Uh, 1982 was also a long time ago, um, Matt, and yeah. um, obviously some sad news this week uh, with the passing of Don Furness Senior, mm. uh, first uh, coach of the Raiders. Um, and, and then obviously, of course, the father of uh, Don Jr., the CEO, and, and Dave, who was, who was a super player and, and then a coach for five years. So um, sad news uh, to see his passing. I think it's, it's fair to say he hadn't probably been in the, in the best of health for uh, a few years. He had uh, dementia and was in a nursing home. But um, so clearly um, a lot of tributes this week to... Um, Sorry, <laughs> uh, to what is uh, a um, a remarkable man, and, and a remarkable man who who in many ways set up two great eras in rugby yeah, league. So really he was coach of um, he, he was originally born in Condobolin, played for Queensland. So even Steve back then, they were still Queensland was still stealing New South Wales players. But um, uh, he he played a lot in in Queensland. Was in in Toowoomba. Um, was he also a very good boxer too? Apparently. Um, well, that explains Dave's, maybe. Dave's boxing. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe boxing and rugby league maybe means that some of the things happen late in life too. But um, he um, he then coached Eastern Suburbs in the in the early seventies and actually brought Arthur Beetson to uh, Sydney. Brought a couple of other um, superstars in in that team and and he actually um, got them to a grand final, got beat, and then he left and. Uh, like when Jack Gibson took over and uh, and I think won two or three premierships. So I was say, he wasn't half bad either. Yeah, so he really set up that era. I mean, if people talk about you know Graham Murray sort of setting up Ricky Stewart's premiership at the Roosters, well, um, Don Ferner probably set up um, Jack Gibson's premierships, and then of course he did something similar. So he came in, um, coach well, coach Queen Bean Blues in the meantime for a long time. So he coached. Um, I think something like eight out of eleven premierships, or something, eight out of ten premierships, or something for the Blues in the in the seventies and early eighties. That that then formed the nucleus of the, the first Raiders side, and and he was a big part of I think having the contacts within the New South Wales Rugby League as well, pushing yeah, for definitely. Raiders to come into the competition. And then of course was the first coach, and and coached us from eighty two to eighty seven. Eighty seven, uh, Wayne Bennett came along as well. Um, and uh, and they were co-coached, and of course we made the grand final. Of course, what came from there is three premierships. So um, he really set that up as well. So um, a terrific career. Um, if you want to see a couple of things about him, go and have a look at um, on YouTube. There's actually a couple of videos done of uh, I think it was a Channel Seven presentation or something after the '87 grand final. It has. Don Fern interviewed and, and a few things about that and, and has them all coming back off the plane after, I think it was the preliminary final, those sort of things. So it's, it's interesting to go and watch um, a bit of history there. But, but certainly um, sad news that he's passing, but uh, certainly a life to celebrate. Yeah, it, uh, you know, very sad. It's obviously hit, hit our community pretty, pretty hard, being um, a very um, major factor and, and figure in, in our team. Um, and I believe that the memorial service and everything's on Thursday. 
I believe so. I think Steve was talking something about that. I'm sure Steve will have that up on the, the Greenhouse um, Forum. But, uh, yeah, no, certainly I'm sure there'll be plenty of uh, rugby league luminaries celebrating that. It'd yeah. be a bit of a who's who of rugby league, I think. Yeah, look, I suspect that um, it'll be... Well, it'll be interesting to see whether it's a closed or open open service, but, yeah, it would be a who's who of attendees. Yeah, I don't sure. know, but particularly with um, no games next week, so guys who are coaching or um, media and stuff like that, I think, that, yeah, it would be a bit of a, a Hall of Fame there. But, um, look, we'll leave it there. Um, thoughts going into the first game, Matt? Glad that the rust is pretty ugly, but, look, uh, I think we've got a good team. I think that... Um, as long as they can keep their heads on, um, not do anything particularly silly, then we'll be there or thereabouts at the right end of the year. Um, that edge position still worries me a little bit, but if we've only got one one issue walking in around one, then we're probably probably in pretty good stead. Yep. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, um, until Friday Friday week out at Canberra Stadium, we really hope everyone can get out there, have a big crowd, get the Viking clap going back again round one. And until then, it's go Raiders. Go the Raiders. <laughs>